You're listening to Breakaway Wealth, the show designed to help you build wealth faster, think bigger, and break out of the herd. Now, here's your host, Jim Oliver. Welcome back, Breakaway Wealth. I'm your host, Jim Oliver, and with me today, Mike Kading. Welcome, Mike. Hey, thanks for having me. Mike, uh, I love your background. I love the logo. Very cool. I'm working on creating my background as I get back in my house after seven months of uh, rebuild. But uh, so you're giving me some cool thoughts and ideas. My designer has been frustrated with me at times of change orders, but I really like what you've done there. And the sound sounds amazing. So uh, kudos to you for that. Uh, Mike, where are you from? Uh, we're from Minnesota, specifically the Twin Cities. Nice. My daughter, I'm in Southwest Florida. My 24, no, she's 25 now. Uh, she just turned 25 a couple weeks ago. Uh, 25 year old, she moved from Southwest Florida to Twin Cities and she loves it up there. Oh, wow. Um, yeah. In fairness, she grew up in South Dakota. So cold isn't a big deal to us, but. I, I still would prefer the heat. Right now, it's hot mm-hmm. down here, though. So, Mike, tell us a little bit about you and your what you're doing. Yeah. So, I'm CEO of a company called Norhart. We design, build, and rent apartments, but we're really focused on driving down the cost of housing. We're already producing uh, apartments for about 20 to 30% less than other developers. We believe we can achieve a 50% reduction, but imagine what that means. I mean, someday your rent could be half or your mortgage payment could be half. And that's really our dream is we want to solve America's housing affordability crisis. I love that. You know, I think there's two really huge opportunities going forward. And one is affordable housing. Mm -hmm. Um, And you see people, they're doing RVs. I mean, people are living in uh, mobile homes, RVs, uh, a lot of different things. And so... If you could take that traditional multifamily, you can make it more affordable. Uh, I think it's a win-win. I just think the people out there in the world that are trying to help other people, and yeah, you're going to profit, and yeah, your investors are going to profit, but you're doing the right thing, and you're trying to help other people, those people always thrive, and they always have abundance. So how did you get, tell me how that all came about. I mean, that that's a unique story. Yeah. So uh, my parents originally started the business. Uh, it was very small. We would build uh, small, like four or eight unit uh, building size buildings. And I remember going out to the local hardware store as a family outing with our family. And we'd fill up on our, uh, like full of carts of materials and fill up my dad's trailer and head on back and build these, these buildings throughout the summer. Then during the winters, I would go off to school. But I went off to college and I wanted nothing to do with the family business. And the reason that was is I didn't want people to think it was given to me. I really wrestled with my own ego quite a bit on that. But what I realized deep down is that for me, I wanted to make some kind of meaningful, positive impact on the world. Right? I could care less if someday like we make a ton of money and people are shoveling hundred dollar bills in my grave. Like what good does that do me? If I can positively impact other people's lives in a meaningful way, that to me is is really what we're trying to shoot for. And what I realized is that we could do that in housing and we could take what my parents had built up, the small business at a time at the time, and grow it to something much larger that could have that kind of impact. And once I got past my own ego on that, and then I jumped in. 
That's awesome. I mean, good for you. And I think it's interesting to hear somebody's story. And there's people that, you know, it's, it's funny. We sometimes want what we, what we don't have. So you, you know, to not want to go into the family business, I get that part of it. Right. And I've talked to lots of people over the years that they, they had that same sentiment, but I love what you did is in that true acres of diamonds kind of uh, mentality is you said, well, wait a minute, what's here that I can build my dream, put my uh, signature on this and grow it. And instead of just resting on which, which it sounded like that never set, set well with you, just kind of, okay, I take over the family business and just um, I'm an autopilot. And it kind of makes me think, I'm not saying that this was your situation, but don't you ever think that people that were born into like multi-billion dollar companies, I kind of feel sorry for them because there's some companies that are so big, it would really be hard to have significant impact on those companies. So they just get plugged in and they're 25 years old, senior vice president or something. And and they just they're kind of born on the 26 mile marker of a marathon, right? They could they could they're going to roll the two tenths of a way to, to complete the marathon or they're or they're at the finish line. Right. So I, I love that you had that desire to put your, you know, your mark on the world and and that you took it and made it where you're benefiting other people. So tell me about some of the projects. Tell me about uh, some of the things that you've seen in your time doing this, some of the uh, the stories with the, with the residents or with the investors, or just tell me a little yeah. bit about some of the things you guys have done. You know, first I'll mention just to piggyback off your point, I've seen it so often that the first generation builds it, the second generation maintains it, and the third generation destroys it. Yep. And I have seen it many times over that a large amount of wealth just dropped in front of you destroys you, right? There's so much politics and issues and stuff that come as a result of that, that it just really messes with your world. And you start like, who's my real friends? Who am I engaging with? And you almost have to have earned, like our family lost everything at one point. You have to almost go through that so you can really get a respect and a value for that money and understand how that whole system works before having access to it. But um, I guess to continue the story a little bit, after joining, it wasn't long after my dad uh, passed away. And, um, you know, over, overnight here, I had my dad and, and I, I lost him and, and overnight I'm here running this business in many ways. I really didn't know what I was doing. I, I'm only a few years out of college. Uh, granted I grown up with it, but I was a kid, frankly. And, uh, uh, after my dad passed, the, uh, city came in and looked at what we were doing and actually shut me down twice. Wow. They looked at me and said, dude, Mike, you're not good enough. You don't know what you're doing. Like, get someone else. Get someone else more professional to be in there. So we really struggled for a while. And I remember one project we were working on, which was Emberwood at the time. At the end, as we were getting close to the end of that project, we were supposed to open in just a couple of weeks. And we had this water main where we had a pinhole leak somewhere in the water main. And so we're out there like 20 hours a day, like in, just in my nice clothes, in the mud, like looking for this tiny leak in thousands of feet of pipe buried 15 feet in the ground. It was terrible. And then within just a few days, it's supposed to be opening. The city officials came out and said, Mike, there's no way your guys are opening. And here I have residents that are supposed to move in in just a couple of days. We worked crazy hours through the night. 
And I remember the very last day, the city inspectors came in, half a day inspection, about half a dozen inspectors inspected that building throughout the whole thing. And at the very end, the head building official pulls me aside in the basement and says, Mike, I know we were tough on you, but honestly, looking back at what you've done now, like this is one of the nicest projects in the city. And it was like, finally, some validation, right? Like just feeling every step of the way, like I'm not good enough. I can't do this. Like I'm struggling. And to finally get past that was sort of a key moment in our existence as a company. That's really cool. Um, and, you know, one of my favorite quotes, I say this all the time, is adversity introduces a person to themselves. Yeah. And that adversity that you were dealing with with that project, I, I probably taught you that, hey, I can do this. I can do what it takes. And I can get the, peop- the, the, the city and the communities on my side because I can show them that I am that person that, that is more professional and more capable than what they needed when I didn't know what I was doing, right? Yeah, um, it's so powerful. I really, the more I live life, the more I actually really appreciate adversity. And there's yeah. actually like a part of me that almost enjoys it now because it's like, I know it doesn't really matter for your life. I mean, certainly businesses can fail and stuff like that, but like the joy of taking on big challenges, there's a real joy in that. You know, it's funny because there's there's a book that talks about the difference between successful people and unsuccessful people is you have to enjoy the adversity. Yeah. You have to you have to appreciate the process. And you know, the the way that I look at it is in the Bible it says iron sharpens iron, you know, I mean mm. things like that and that all makes sense to me because yeah, when you're in the valley and you're struggling through it and you're and you're working those 20 hour days and you and you're thinking, oh, my gosh, this might destroy us. But you learn so much more than when you're at the top of the mountain. You know, you you when you have those successes that go easily, you you learn a lot more from the struggles. And mm-hmm. um, I think when I look back over my life, I know that I got stronger every time that I had a situation like that. Or I had a company that was struggling or a customer that left or whatever it was. I, as long as you keep going forward, you'll figure out the, the next step and, and you kind of get that confidence. And one, one thing that I just that, you know, that you exude is confidence in your system. Like the, the, the first two minutes of you explaining what you did is it was 100% confidence that, hey, I know what I'm doing. This is our goal. We think we can even get here. That's, you know, like, that's more like perfection. This is what I'm trying to get to. Here's where we're at. I know how to do it. And we're very confident in our process. Confidence then helps people say, hey, I want to partner with that person Mm -hmm. because they know what they're doing. And so talk about how people interact with you or, or how you work with your clients. Yeah. Well, I want to piggyback on confidence first, which is I could not agree more. And what's interesting there is it just takes time. And so a lot of people look and say, okay, you got confidence, you've got a business, you've got for you a podcast, like getting those things to be successful. It takes a lot of persistence over a lot of time. It's foot after, you know, step after step after step. And I, I see people who jump into things and like, oh, I'm not having immediately like big success in the first week or first month or first couple of months. That's normal, right? You're learning, yeah. you're figuring things out. That's part of the process. And that's, that's the path it takes to get there. 
for our clients, uh, our clients are really residents, right? Because we don't sell our buildings. We don't sell our systems out to other people. They're all about residents. But I think what's probably interesting about the whole system is how we actually drive down costs. Because, right, other developers, like getting 20 to 30 percent less in this industry is crazy. The reality is all we're doing is we're applying technologies and techniques from other industries into the world of construction. In fact, if you look at other industries like manufacturing, they've improved labor productivity by 760% over the past 60 years. Mm. The uh, uh, the world of agriculture, they've improved by 1,500%. But construction, it's done virtually nothing, just 10% over the past 60 years. And so all we're doing is we're taking insights learned from other industries and applying it to our own, and we're having success with that. It's tremendously hard. It's day after day, step after step. But I think we can really solve housing affordability in the long term. Mike, give me an example of how you're doing that. Just one example, because, you know, I looked at your website and one, I look at those properties and I think about my 25 year old who just moved. I don't even honestly know where she just moved, but I'm thinking, look, you should you should check out one of one of these properties because her and her roommates, you know, they, I don't know if they're living in an apartment or they were in some house in downtown St. Paul. But uh, the first day that she was there, I think, or the first few days, she had her catalytic converter stolen off of her car because she has a Prius. And oh. uh, so I thought, oh, great neighborhood you chose. But, <laughs> but anyway, talk about one example of that. And uh, I'm going to tell her to go to your website and check it out. So to give you a flavor of how uh, we look at things, one of the issues in the world of construction is that you've got a variety of different companies coming together for each building. And so you have a different company that's doing the electrical, a different company doing the plumbing, a different company coordinating the construction, a different company finding the site, a different company being the owner, right? And bringing that together for one project and then everyone leaves again. And you got to find a new group for the next project. If construction were to produce cars, you'd have a different company installing the windshield, a different company installing the door, and a different company installing the wheel. <laughs> and then the wheel company, well, they would call up and say, dude, I'm so sorry. I got delayed in another project. I can't be out there for two weeks. Your line would be shut down. And when they did come up, they'd be irate because they could only work on one car at a time. Mm-hmm. See, manufacturing looks at us and says, you guys are crazy. Well, that's what we, the world we live in. So we brought all the work under one roof. That was a huge process. Once we did that, then we could start applying some very simple techniques. One example is the assembly line, right? This revolutionized manufacturing. But how in the world can you do that with buildings, right? You can't take a building and drive it down a line. Well, no. But what you can do is you can take the person and move them through the building. And so right now, all of our teams all shift by one unit through the building every five hours. So if you go to the end of our building, you see a brand new apartment unit done every five hours. And just that one wow. technique takes a project that might be 15 months and drives it down to nine. That's awesome. You know, it's it's interesting that you say that. We have a friend of the show, Logan Rankin is his name, and he's a real estate investor operator in Appleton, Wisconsin. He has about a half a billion dollars of real estate, all within oh, wow. 75 miles of Appleton, Wisconsin, which is up in... <laughs> your neck of the woods kind of right yeah and but it's a small town it's not like the twin cities it's it's a small area and he what his claim to fame and his differentiating thing amongst others but one of them is he can you move out and he can have somebody else move in with new floors new cabinets new paint new tile 
everything, totally new unit re, or remodeled unit in 72 hours. Wow. And, and so same vein as what you're saying is that efficiency, by the way, they all have the same, he's got it down, right? He knows how to do this. And I think that that says something is you find a niche that works for you. And, and then you, you make that. And, and again, you're doing something. If you were doing it, hey, we can make more money because we can be more efficient. Then guess what? You're, you may have success, but you're not really having impact. Mm -hmm. and, and I could tell in the first couple of minutes, impact is important to you. And doing the right thing and, and helping people is, I always love to help people. I can make money doing anything. Yeah. But I want to help people achieve financial freedom, financial independence. Because I want people to feel free and secure and not feel scarcity. I want them to feel abundance. So I, that's where my passion comes from uh, or, or what is one of my passions. But you mentioned a podcast. Tell me a little bit about your podcast. Yeah. So that just launched this week. It's called Zero to Unicorn. It's about the journey of small business growing to billion dollar scale. And really what that journey is really like. The authentic, the raw, the painful, the challenging, right? It's not, it's not always an easy story. And so, yeah, that's, uh, that launched on Tuesday. Uh, and now there'll be weekly episodes uh, for season one until we wrap up season one. Awesome. Well, what we'll do is we'll put um, a link to that show in the, in the show notes so people can check that out. And I, you know, there was a guy that I ran into in Los Angeles that uh, wrote a book. He had several clients that went from zero to a billion of real estate holdings and he wrote a book about it so i love that you are you know talking about that um i'm fortunate to know a couple of billionaires in my circle of friends and neighbors that i had in south dakota of all places uh but there's more billionaires up in south dakota than you might imagine wow yeah yeah it was kind of interesting so if somebody wants to learn more about your company what you do and um, obviously the podcast What's a good website for them to go check out? Yeah, you can visit our website. It's norhart.com. That's N-O-R-H-A-R-T.com. And there you can uh, see our shows by clicking on the Shows tab. You can learn about uh, Zero to Unicorn as, as well as others. And then we have our um, uh, Invest as well. People are interested in investing in what we're doing that's available there. Yeah, that's that's very cool because I love... I think there's a lot of people that we teach infinite banking to, and a lot of people that look at infinite banking, Mike, they look at it as how to pay their car for their cars or some other take over their debts. We show people how to go buy cash flowing assets mm. with their infinite banking system. And then as money flows back to them, they reinvest it and create velocity of money. That's but awesome. one of the things that people struggle with is, well, I don't want to be the active investor. I want to be passive. Or I want to partner with somebody who's the operating partner or whatever level that might mean. So we always encourage people to check out opportunities to use their banking system to go buy assets. So I'd encourage people to check uh, out Mike's website and definitely help support his podcast and that growth. I love uh, Zero to Unicorn. Um, you're obviously creative, too, because that's a great I, I just love the visualization of that. What my brain, where my brain goes. Anytime you talk about a billion dollar business, you get my attention. So um, I'm definitely going to check out your first episode from this week. So Mike, as we wrap up, 
I ask this question of everybody. If God came down from heaven and allowed you to only retain the knowledge that you've received from one book that you've read, what would that book be? No Rules Rules by Reed Hastings. Uh, it's a Netflix founder. An amazing book. What I love most about it is its focus on hiring the very best. That changed my world. We went from growing at about 10 or 15% per year to doubling in size almost every year. All I changed was hiring the very, very, very best people. It, it radicalized what we would do. Well, you know what? I've not even heard of that book. There's, I read, I, um, somebody taught me when I was 18, going through high school, I, I don't think I ever read, well, maybe I read Jonathan Livingston Seagull because it was a short book. But I don't think I ever read a book from cover to cover. And then somebody said to me, if you read an hour a day, you'll differentiate yourself. You'll become an expert in whatever you're reading about. And I, I'm 57. I've been doing that almost 40 years. Gosh, that seems crazy. But awesome. uh, so I love when somebody brings up a book and I ask them that question. They say, this is the book. And I haven't read it. So um, as soon as we get off here, I'll be grabbing my phone and... Uh, going to Amazon to get that book. So, uh, changed my life. Giving, you know, oh. giving a plug to Amazon like they need it. Right. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, Mike, thank you so much for joining us and sharing, uh, your story with the audience and giving some advice and a great, uh, book recommendation. We'd love to have you back on sometime in the future. Let us know how your podcast is going and everything else. So thank you. Yeah. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. All right. Audience, we're going to wrap it up like we always do with the incredible words of Earl Nightingale and the strangest secret. Take it away, Earl. Here's the key to success and the key to failure. We become what we think about. Now, let me say that again. We become what we think about. Once again, thank you so much for taking the time to hear what was shared on today's podcast. If you are looking to discover new wealth building strategies, then go to community.createtailwind.com. That's community.createtailwind.com to join our free online community and get access to free courses and in-depth training videos designed to help you build wealth and break away from the herd. Click the link in the show notes to access the community today. Thanks again for listening.